Kessler here from Grunthal. Paul Kingsley with the 30-second board to five. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, Throttle Timepieces, Get Shit Done Coffee, Reverend Motors, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. Surely thank you for joining us this episode 800 and 49. I was mistaken last time doing the intro. I thought last one was 849. This one is in fact 849. Thanks for checking in with us. And uh, if you like this podcast, uh, pay the fee and uh, send me a like-minded individual, someone who else loves motocross, motocross podcast. Maybe they'll love the Big MX Radio podcast. Send them over to us. And uh, while you're at it, why don't you go over to BigMXRadio.com, enter our raffle. There's one of 14 amazing prizes, including a VIP fan experience with a collective experience for Salt Lake City. And of course, the top prize being a YZ 252-stroke 2022 edition, which I'm picking up next month from Blackfoot Motorsports in Calgary. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really hope that you enjoy it. Uh, Tanner Ward, fantastic guest. Uh, this kid's racing in the 450 class, the MX1 class, coming up this season in the Triple Crown Series. Uh, also announced today, it sounds like there's going to be a Canadian and American uh, uh, two-series championship or two-race championship that happens in September. Look forward to that as well. Of course, we didn't ask him about it because that information came out only hours ago. Uh, enjoy this podcast. Like I said, if you have any requests for who you'd like to hear on the podcast or uh, maybe some tips uh, as to how to make the show better, reach out to me on DM through Instagram or Twitter. Uh, and uh, there's, I've literally never not answered uh, a direct message. So uh, check that out. Uh, if you're not already playing Big MX Radio Trivia, I encourage you to go do so. We have monthly prizes from Phoenix Handlebars and Guts Seat Covers and uh, Get Shit Done Coffee. Those guys uh, do an amazing job, and uh, and we're, we're trying to uh, generate more attention to their brands. So, um, like I said, thanks for listening to the podcast. Have a good one. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Fox Racing Canada as well as Guts Racing USA is also on board with us and Phoenix Handlebars. Go to phoenixhandlebars.com, get your bike fitted up for some brand new handlebars. Yours are probably bent or they're just not as good as Phoenix. So go check those out as well as uh, you probably need a brand new uh, seat cover on your bike. No different than uh, our guest did uh, after you broke the internet. We're going to get to that, but let's introduce the kid out of Woodstock, Ontario, racing MX1 for the Thor Kawasaki Pro Circuit team up here in Canada. He's number 84 in your program, likely number one in your hearts. Tanner Ward. Tanner, how's it going? I'm doing good. I, uh, thanks for having me on. Is, is that a fair assumption that uh, after you fell out of the sky in Minneapolis that you needed a new seat cover uh, from your friends over at Guts? 
Uh, yeah, for real. I, uh, yeah, I surprisingly didn't need much on the bike, luckily, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Like let's t- like I don't want to I don't mean to start off the interview uh, on on a sour note, my friend. But that was uh, um, let's just go say let's say that was abrupt. Uh, you you like that that triple was getting people all day long, coming straight out of a whoop section. Uh, they were difficult to start with. Then you basically just had to uh, lay on the throttle and send the thing. We know Henry Miller had his own issues with it as well. Um, but uh, but you hooked a left. Like, no tomorrow. And uh, did your arm also get caught on the cable cam? Like, take us through that if you could. Yeah, exactly. You said it. Like, the triple was – it was a big triple. So, you had to commit to it early. And, uh, I mean, I came up short on triples before, and it doesn't feel good. So, I was not casing that thing. And it's uh, – yeah, I think it was the last qualifier, and the wolves were super gnarly. And there's a video of it, and I actually look like I'm getting sketchy in the wolves, but I think I was just kind of jumping through them because they were, they were so gnarly. And then uh, uh, I just, I mean, I committed from the last whoop, but my wheel wasn't quite quite cleared it, and it just caught the back end of it and just honestly raised my front wheel like six inches off the ground. And then uh, when it kind of like got set down, I was, I was still committed, but then it just, the dirt was so tacky there at East Coast Dirt, and just uh, next thing you know, I'm looking into the stands and, it happened so fast and like by the time it really actually hooked i was already on the face and you have no time to even even think and i mean I just kind of chopped off the throttle and was like all right my plan was to try and land on the flat like as softly as i could back wheel to front wheel kind of thing and next thing you know i uh, last second seen the like the cable wire which like what best way to explain it is a zip, like a zip line and uh yeah it caught my arm and uh luckily i wasn't probably like i don't know a couple inches higher it would have caught my neck pretty good but it uh just grabbed kind of underneath by my armpit and then my wrist and and then uh all in all it might have saved me because then i wasn't so like braced up for the landing and just kind of landed and fell off my bike <laughs> absolutely you just absolutely ragged all uh it was it was amazing that you, you were able to get back up and and uh, I think that that particular qualifying session was done for you, but you were able to still race that evening, and uh, no worse for wear. You or the bike got away uh, got away clean. Um, but let's talk about racing Supercross, man. Um, like something obviously they have a Triple Crown series up here in Canada, uh, but that's uh, admittedly different than uh, the Supercross races you've been competing in lately. Um, but also we know that you haven't uh, you've gone down to the states and raced rod some ridden some Supercross in the past. Uh, the friendly confines of a stadium might be a little bit foreign to you, but pointy jumps are not completely estranged to you. Like, get take us through sort of getting ready for this series and what it takes for a, a Canadian kid like yourself to go down south, commit yourself to essentially mastering a new discipline, something completely different than what you're asked to, uh, to race up here in Canada, and uh, all intents and purposes, doing quite well. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely super crushed, no joke to see down here. It's, um, I mean, it's even watching in the stands versus walking the track is totally different. And I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it definitely took a lot of work. And, and for me, I, I've done, I've had some, uh, like arena cross. I did the Amazon arena cross in 2018. So I wrote a little bit of super cross that year, but probably only a month. And then, uh, I honestly don't have too much time on a real Supercross track, like or American Supercross track down here. We have a couple in Canada, but um, 
they like the races in Canada are a little bit more arena cross style, and then amateurs also race it, so they aren't like nearly as gnarly as what I uh, of what it's like down here. So, um, yeah, it definitely was a dream come true, and and uh, I'm not too stoked on my results, but uh, but yeah, can't be disappointed. I I kind of came down a little bit later than I wanted to. I came down with just over two months of prep, so decent amount, but I want obviously wanted a little bit more to be my first year and and uh whatnot and then i think just over a month before the race i'm i'm on a new brand and uh i had to learn everything that way but uh with the with you know the obstacles i've thrown at and, and whatnot i uh I'm, I'm happy with it it's a good good base to start off and uh just just shy of making the main obviously the goal is to be in the main and then go from there but uh you know didn't reach my goals but uh this one makes me work a little bit harder Certainly will. And, and yeah, let's talk about the, the switch. Uh, you put in a, a lot of great rides and some great years for the, the GDR Honda team looking good in red, uh, switching over to uh, the Kawasaki team, the, uh, the Thor Kawasaki Pro Circuit team for 2022. Uh, you'll be in the Amex One class, which is why uh, you posted earlier on your social. If, if people aren't following underscore Tanner Ward on Instagram, they're completely missing out. Um, new class new bike for you in uh, in 2022 um what spurred the switch and uh, how excited are you to go 450 racing uh i'm super excited to go with 450 i've uh honestly so the plan was for me to stay with the guys at gdr um we were just kind of making things work or work with the contract whatnot and then uh late fall uh colton Cassiotti and Derek schuster kind of sat me down and and uh just hey, hey you want to go 450 and they believe that with the way i ride and and whatnot it's uh it's going to suit me better and and uh you know i've always wanted to ride the 450 um so it really didn't take much convincing especially after about a day on the bike uh in the fall i was like yeah i'm going 450s i love this thing and um yeah so that's uh kind of where that the 450s came from and uh Obviously, we didn't end up working on a deal, and and uh, but luckily we left on good terms. And then, uh, yeah, about uh, middle of my Supercross prep, I switched to or signed with the Kawasaki team. And uh, honestly, I love the 450. The Kaw- I love the Kawasaki in general. Since I've been on it, I've uh, just it's like such a consistent bike, and uh, just you know, I mean, it, it uh, it's super predictable and. And I uh, jump on the 450. I was like, all right, like, riding 250 is one thing. It's pretty pretty easy to hop around on a 250 and ride it. You kind of manhandle them and stuff. And then I hopped on the 450, and I'm just getting into week two right now. But honestly, I feel like I can go race on it right now. So, uh, I mean, I'm super excited. It's obviously a dream come true being the 450. And the only thing I, kinda, I guess I kind of got to, uh, you know, put put to the grave is that I uh, won't win a 250 championship. But uh, I keep telling myself it won't matter when I get this 451. Certainly, that is the case, and, and, and you never know. Uh, certainly, uh, over the years, Tyler Medaglia has gone back to the 250 class about 16 times. Um, so you may very well find yourself back on a 250 at some point, uh, or maybe you just keep knocking down 450 championships and race up there with the big dogs. Uh, another change to uh, to your program for 2022, going back to the uh, the, the OG 84 number, the uh, the, the amateur number. Uh, what spurred the switch away from uh, the friendly? number 18 uh i was actually 84 last year oh, 84 last a lot year of yeah. people got that, 
Yeah, a lot of people get confused because I was 18 in 2020. That's and right. And Ryder McNabb, which was my teammate, was there 18 last year. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, Manitoba guy. That's in the water there. but <laughs> Right, something. <laughs> um, no, so a lot of people did get it confused with me being 84 that year and then being 18 on the same team. And uh, But, yeah, no, I uh, finally got a career number for 2021. And, uh, I mean, when I was – I think like 10 on 65, I was, that's when I switched to 84 and it was solely because I thought it looked cool. And then, uh, and then I think I switched to like 184 later. So like when I went pro, uh, that was my rookie number, but yeah, 84, just kind of from the amateurs. And, and uh, I mean, it's pretty, pretty sick number. And it had, honestly had nothing to do with Jeffrey Hurling, but then just so it happens that there's a badass on a dirt bike number 84. And now it makes two of us, I guess. <laughs> we can go with that. He, he copied you. Like I, I'm willing to believe that story. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say like I mean he saw some some Canadian kid on 65 and said that number looks sick on him. Like, okay. Absolutely, <laughs> it's it, it's uh it's very well known that uh, Jeffrey Hurling a huge fan of uh, not only Canadian moto but Canadian amateur moto. Uh, from when you were running <laughs> that number, um, like going into the 450 class for this upcoming season, I don't want to completely gross over to uh, supercross for you, but like at this point, your sights have to be squarely set on the triple crown series round one uh, and all the way through um, to, to compete for this championship. Uh, you feel like you can already see that you could, you'd race this thing as of today. You're going to get more prep even still. Um, so obviously like all those cliches, take it race by race. It's rookie season and this, that, and the other thing. But uh, if the fitness is there, and I suspect that it will be, um, and the starts are, are where they need to be as well, you can be a serious threat for these races. Yeah, that's where I want to be. It's, I have no excuse not to be. Um, yeah, I know my fitness is going to be good with the uh, Performex. We've, uh, I mean, I started earlier than ever, and uh, we just keep building and building off each year. So, um, yeah, and honestly, I was uh, a little, you know, I was kind of, paying attention to see how I felt in the 30s obviously practicing 30s is a lot different than racing a 30 minute moto but uh just with how the 450 is handling the extra weight and whatnot but uh but no we're uh definitely putting a little bit extra work in the gym right now to get a little bit stronger but I uh, uh that's where exactly where I need to be is to be a championship guy from the from the hop I um you know I'm obviously a little bit sour I didn't get that get that 250 championship last year I'm uh yeah a little disappointed in myself so I've, I've, uh, you know, I'm not cutting any corners this year. I've been putting down or putting my head down to, uh, make sure I'm as ready as I can become Kamloops or, uh, to be a title guy. Certainly. And it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge for you. Like you said, putting in the extra bit of work, uh, who do you work with on the, uh, the physical training side of things to sort of guide you to, uh, be able to put in, uh, the right kind of work to prepare yourself for a, a championship, uh, not totally unlike the 250 class, but certainly a step up. Uh, yeah, it's actually, uh, Colton Fasciotti's guy. He, he uh, got me in touch with him, um, Todd Shumluck with Performex. Uh, he's out of BC. He, uh, yeah, I've been working with him for two years now. Or yeah, yeah, going on our second year now. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's been around motocross for a long time. He's, um, he's trained lots of guys. He's trained Blair Morgan, obviously Colton. He's, uh, got some, got some wins to his name in, here in Canadian motocross. And then he also, uh, does like Richie Rude and Aaron Gwynn, uh, who are top level mountain bike athletes. So he, uh, knows his way around fitness and, and, uh, you know, I, 
I 100% put my, all my trust into him because uh, every time I talk to him, I get off the phone, not only motivated, but uh, I feel like my confidence just gets higher. He's really good, not only for my physical stuff, but for my mental too. So, uh, yeah, I can't give enough props to Todd and, and his uh, his partner that he works with here in the States who actually helped me out. He helped me do the drive from uh, – I met him in Nashville and he did the rest of the drive for me. And it was through a gnarly snowstorm uh, to Minneapolis was uh, Addison Bain. So uh, yeah, both those, between the two of those guys, we, uh, we, I got my off bike stuff dialed. That's awesome. Total team effort. And clearly it's, uh, it's working. Maybe uh, you didn't hit the exact results you were looking for uh, in 250 Supercross, but uh, clearly the, the work is being put in. Uh, Paint the picture for us, if you could sort of uh, your like the how you got to where you're at right now what was the amateur scene like where you grew up in Woodstock what were some of the races that you would uh, the, the, your favorite tracks locally um and, and at about what age did it start to really click for you that you're going to be able to uh knock down some some amateur championships establish yourself as a pro and and, and really start to challenge for these wins yeah I so I had three old, or have three older brothers that uh, got me on a two wheel bicycle before I was even two years old, and pretty much. And in our basement one winter, and then just before I turned three, I got my first PW50 and uh, was riding in the field across from my house and kind of took off from there. And then obviously having three older brothers only makes you competitive. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I ended up winning a Walton Championship when I was like eight in the 50 class, and and then. Uh, yeah, and uh, growing up, I spent just a bunch of hours in a my grandpa's cornfield while my dad he owned a mechanic shop uh, in my grandpa's uh, barn, I guess you can call it, and uh, just spent a crap ten hours making my own corner track in a little field there. And um, you know, my parents didn't have much money, so we were just uh, my dad would work his butt off, get me to the whatever races we could, and uh, we did a little bit of Loretta's uh, when I I got hurt quite a bit too as an amateur so I feel like every time it was right around regionals or in the areas or whatever I was getting hurt but um but as for when it started clicking for me honestly I've actually put I've thought about this a little bit and it in my head I was always going to be a pro uh there was nothing and like I was going to be the best and still that is what my uh mentality but uh there's definitely times where for all not looking back at it there's people probably like oh this kid's just gonna be another one of the kids who uh, kind of comes up and isn't anybody, but uh, I think that's part of it. You got to believe in yourself. And uh, luckily, I have me and my dad. He worked his butt off to get me where I was. And then luckily, when I was 15, I got the uh, KTM Orange Brigade ride, and I think that's really where things kind of started clicking for me. So that uh, I actually got on some good equipment and and could start putting in some results. And then my first year racing, I did the intermediate pro thing, and that's uh, that's probably was my best year of racing as an amateur and you know as a pro but as an intermediate or whatever and uh that's when it really clicked like all right i'm gonna be a championship guy one time so um so yeah it's kind of my story there well, there you go. Continuing to move forward and uh, and take on bigger and bigger challenges. This one, the next one coming up is the Premier Class in uh, Canadian Pro Racing here in uh, for for this beautiful sport of motocross. Um, getting yourself ready for this season, I, I like I said, no small challenge. Uh, like, 
what what's how's the workload changed for you? Obviously, uh, maybe a few extra uh, like extra plates on the the bench press or something along those lines. But how have you like sort of changed the way that uh, you're training? Like, is it endurance wise? Is it weights wise? Or is it all like, kind of a balance of everything? Uh, a balance of everything, actually. So I uh, like obviously just got down here. Uh, I did a crap ton of travel the last month with Supergrass stuff, so I feel like my my fitness and stuff. I was I haven't been able to hit the gym really. I got really sick at Dallas there, so it, the month before this, I really didn't get to do any gym work or nothing. And, uh, and then I got down here back to Florida last week, and I was talking to my trainer, and he uh, pretty much told him I want to try and gain 10 pounds in muscle, and then uh, obviously keep up on our endurance stuff because pretty much just as as it is and then um he set out a program for me and then i was i was just off the phone with him today and i was like man i'm actually really shocked where i'm at uh with how the last month actually went for me with not being able to get much fitness in and uh i'm you know i felt strong i feel really good on the bike 30 minute moves aren't i don't feel like i'm dying in them and not which obviously leads back to building the big base back in december actually before that october november uh preparing for the season but um but no, it's uh, yeah, pretty much like I said. I want to build, put about some muscle on. So definitely, definitely in the gym, we're trying to lift a little bit heavier, and then uh, the workload just just a little bit, you know, just adds just a little bit heavier in the gym. Cardio is about the same. I feel like I mean, I was training as hard as I could with cardio before, and kind of keeping it obviously the same there. So building some muscle, and then uh, the food amount definitely i was gonna say <laughs> bottom line is man if you're gonna put on some muscle you gotta eat it's gotta be high protein and uh and and like probably a, a bigger volume than you're normally used to especially if you're used to staying pretty light um and that's no small undertaking as well like having to like honestly one of my hardest things for me is training on a full stomach i love i like i prefer to train on an empty stomach and, and that usually means having to put in some serious calories afterwards and that can be a challenge um like on race day, like what what's sort of your method to the madness as far as getting yourself prepared, visualization? Um, like, do you is it really important to you that you're really fast in practice going into the races? Uh, obviously, you want to put in a good lap, but like, is it if you're not at the top of the board, does that piss you off and fire you up, or does that sort of discourage you? What's uh, what, what's sort of the thought process when it comes to race day for you? Um. That used to piss me off, uh, being younger and, and not being, uh, you know, up at the top of the board or where I want to be. But uh, as I get older, I've really come to terms with I'm not a qualifier. I'm not a guy to go send it for one lap and put it up on the board, which I feel like you really can see in my Supergrass stuff. Like I was, my my qualifying was not good, which not good. It was half a second would have put me up 10 spots. But um that being said, yeah, I'd qualify like 34th and then go and almost make the main or whatnot. But, um, yeah, as as I get older, I've you know, obviously come to terms with that. Even last last summer, I, I don't think I qualified P1 once. And, uh, I mean, I was never never worried about it, really. It, when you're talking, you know, hundreds of seconds, tenths of a second, it's, it's nothing and it's nothing. You can't let it bother you. But going for, you know, race day, it's a big thing for me is that, uh, you know, keeping things kind of trying to keep just things just calm and uh, just treat it like another day. Um, when I get get too worked up or too in, like 
too much thinking. It definitely doesn't work for me. Um, just try and keep it like, like it's another day. And honestly, on my way to the track, I don't even try and think about the race. Obviously, once you get to the race and stuff, you're from the moment you get to the track to the moment you're done that coming off the last lap, you're using so much energy with nerves that are just so focused. And uh, so I try not to uh, get too, too focused on the way to the track and, and just kind of uh, let, let myself chill out a little bit in the morning so that once I get there and then uh, that's when I can start focusing. But I, uh, yeah, I like to a little bit before the moto sit down, visualize the track and, and uh, kind of make a plan in my head and, and try and follow that plan as best I can. But uh, it's racing. We all know <laughs> if you try, you can't really, you got to expect the unexpected. Fair enough. So l- l- I, you, you spent a serious amount of time over at JDR and, they, and some great memories there as well. Uh, and there's some characters under that tent as well. Um, give me your best Ryan Lockhart story that can be told on the air. Um, or can none of them be told on the air? No, I honestly don't have too many. I know, I know there is something. I remember him. Just freaking out about something, but I forget what it is now. Like a lot of like, man, this race day is just like, I only see him the day before a little bit, and then you know, even the day before, you just kind of like, I go there, get my shit done, try to stay out of the sun, whatnot. Then race day, you're just so focused in on making shit happen that you just, you just that's your whole mentality the whole day. You're kind of, you know, obviously we're talking to you, give me some pointers and whatnot, but uh, I'm trying to think of a good. It'll come to me. I can't think of it right now, but it'll come to me. How about a um, a Ryder McNabb story? That kid is an absolute riot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryder, Ryder, Ryder. <laughs> uh, man, I, just working I on his own bikes and fun. and being and like ri- just riding the wheels off the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. The kid rides good, and uh, just their whole story. I mean. I mean, this isn't obviously a funny story. It's a pretty rad and something you don't see every day. But, uh, but yeah, just how mecha- mechanically and classic it is and then obviously how skilled he is on a dirt bike. And it's, uh, no, I mean, obviously I had to race him last year and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, being a gopher, it's like a family there. And, and we obviously came really close. And, obviously, yeah, I, I honestly was really proud of the kid last year of uh, how well he did. He's obviously going to be a threat in the 250 class this year, but I mean, I there's so many stories that like there's always too much. I can't even think of one right now or one full story, but like I'm trying to think of something fun. Um, trust me, there's plenty of stories to try. Well, yeah, I'll tell you one. Okay, go. Um, I posted it for his birthday, I believe, but um, we're getting him and I are getting ready to go out to ride, and and uh, I think Steve Sims was there as I go for in the shop and. He's putting his tire on the wall and he's like, hey, you see that? And I'm like, what is it? And then he's like, look at his rider's bike. And uh, but he put his stand tire on backwards. <laughs> but besides that, I can't think of anything else. That's pretty, like, it was fun, really funny in the moment. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, the, the kid is, is an absolute cartoon character. If you're not already following Ryder McDab, uh, once you've already followed uh, Tanner Ward, you need to go uh, pop on over and, and do that as well. Um, before I let you go here, man, uh, what are your goals for 2022, uh, throughout the rest of the season? Um, I know you, you, you're probably going to aim nice and high, uh, but, uh, what are you shooting for? Uh, I want to be, uh, honestly, I want to win the championship in the 450 class. Um, 
obviously it's going to take a lot of work, but I'm not scared of putting in the work right now. It's, uh, yeah, it's been that's pretty much simple as, as it is. We got to, uh, it's going to be a lot of work, but um, I want to come out in this 450 class doing it. He wants to win a, a MX1 Canadian National Championship. Uh, you can uh, you can follow along at at underscore Tanner Ward on Instagram, like, follow, share for more. You guys know the drill. Uh, Tanner, this has been an awesome time chatting with you. I wish you nothing but the best of luck with the rest of your prep and the season to come. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I uh, always love talking to you, boys. Awesome. Well, you have yourself a great rest of your day, sir. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And off he goes, Tanner Ward here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Like I said off the, t- off the top here, appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen. If you haven't already picked up your raffle tickets for the Big MX Radio raffle, go do it. There's less than 300 tickets available left, and we are uh, un- still under halfway through selling. So that means we are going to run out of tickets. Uh, go to BigMXRadio.com. Uh, we have a full set of Flexair Fox gear up for grabs, as well as an exhaust system. You pick the exhaust system from FMF, whether it's two-stroke, four-stroke. I'm not giving you a full tie system. That's not happening. Uh, but certainly, uh, like one of their amazing pipes, uh, header and silencer, or header and muffler uh, for for two-stroke or four-strokes. Go check those out. Of course, top prize YZ252 stroke. And uh, you you know you would probably love to have a YZ252 stroke in your garage. Maybe it would match your 125. Who knows? But uh, you have yourself a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen.